0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Black Doll Sports Podcast. If I'm not mistaken, this is episode 30. All right. So we have a very interesting show for you all today. It is very um, social commentary heavy. We won't be talking about Mississippi State Athletics so much. As you can see, I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. I'm blickety-blackety-black, black, black, y'all. I'm blickety-black, blackety-black. Okay, let me stop. All right. So we're going to start off Mm -hmm. talking about uh, trying to make sense of um we're going to start off making sense of the situation that's going on in Minneapolis and the rest of the country, you know, um about black lives mattering and we're going to share our stories about Karen. Then we're going to start talking about that safety up North or that safety in Tallahassee. He's not really sure um where he is right about now. Um He ain't got to go home, but he got to get the Hades up out of here. And we're going to have a player report card and see if, the summertime, with the whole pandemic going on, is it going to be time enough to implement the air raid offense? So um, I want to start off this episode like I start off every episode by getting the temperature of our um, panel members. I'm going to start off with the senior member of the podcast, Mr. Garrett Thomas. What's happening in?
1: There? What's going on, Bulldog Nation? Uh, happy Tuesday to you. And I'm looking forward to having this conversation. I think it's going to be very beneficial for us to express our opinions on what's going on in our country tonight for the past several
0: days. All right, bad boy, baby. So the next person that we go on to, this man is a close personal friend of mine. This man, I met him back in 2003 at Mississippi State University, like literally the first person that I've met at Mississippi State. (laughs) Jeremiah Short, what's going on tonight?
2: Man, just happy to, well, I don't know if to use the word happy, but ready to kind of discuss, this is probably a more serious podcast, so the tone is probably going to be a bit different, but with the, all the civil and racial unrest in the country right now, so just ready to address it.
0: But you know, I have to laugh to keep from crying half the time, so um, you know me. So, um, we're going to start off talking about the social climate in the United States right now. So um, we're supposed to start off talking about like how we feel about the protests and do we have any stories about racial profiling um, and what do we hope to see done? All right, so how I feel about the protests is that, you know, a lot of times when it comes to these protests, I take a very measured approach with things. Um, but in this case, especially with the gentleman in Minneapolis is like, what are y'all doing? Like. You know, sometimes I understand that cops have a bad, you know, a hard, tough job. And sometimes, you know, as they say, they'd rather be um, judged by 12 than carried by 6 and all that good stuff. But this guy, what he was accused of, as opposed to what happened, was nothing. I used to work in a service station, okay? I used to have people who came in there and they would try to pass all fake bills or whatever the case may be. And it wasn't that deep, like. If you were like fake money, fake well, I think they were saying that you were trying to pay us a fake check, uh ch- fake check. But when I had people with fake money, you know, that's a federal offense. But I would always be like, okay, well, I am legally obligated to call the police, but I'm gonna give you time to shake the spot because you might not even know that you were doing this on purpose or whatnot. Um, so I think that it was a situation where the people who call the cops on him even they themselves could have exhibited a little bit more common sense in the situation. Um, And with all of the bull drive that's been going on, you know, the last few years going back to, let's say even 2012, 2013, going back to Trayvon Martin, it's like, uh, people just fed up with the BS. You know what I'm Mm. saying? And I, myself, I don't consider myself to be the most militant black person or anything like that. But at the same time, I be scared and stuff like that, too. I don't, I don't fool with 12 like that because 12, you know, when they see me, yeah, I went to Mississippi State and I got a degree and all this sort of type of jazz. I wouldn't hurt a fly. But at the same time, uh, police have a tendency to think that all of us look alike and to treat us accordingly. So, perfect example, I'm over in Pearl, Mississippi. Anybody that know anything about the Jackson Metro area, you already know how Pearl get down. I seen an accident. And... You know, I think it was another black person who was in an accident. And I knew that they was about to get uh railroaded because the other person would go say that they hit them. And I was like, no, I seen the whole thing, blah, 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 blah. Cop, um, Caucasian gentleman. He is like, oh, well, who are you? What's your name? Blah, 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 blah. You know. And he was like, oh, can I see some ID or whatever? I show him my license. My license, I was living in Pearl, but my license had a Greenville address on it. And this dude was like really belaboring the point about the fact that I had a um, Greenville address on my license. He was like, you know, by law, you're supposed to go and change your license to reflect your new address within X amount of days. And I'm like, bro, number one, it ain't that deep. Number two, I'm not a criminal or involved in this situation in any way, shape or form. I'm just trying to help this person from getting railroaded. And number three is like, that's why we don't fool with the police. Because I'm out here trying to help somebody out and you trying to give me a hard time about the address on my license not being accurate. Like, F out of here. Oh, I hate that we on Facebook Live. I wish I could have cussed in that on, but such is life. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and bounce this over to Jeremiah because I know that he has a very special story to tell.
2: <laughs> Interesting uh, So I'll start with just addressing uh, Everything going on I guess in America And I'm not going to kind of Just repeat everything AJ said as far as like What's going on But I do think a lot of the stuff like what happened with Trayvon Martin And those things Everything is just kind of building up and I kind of remember when Pop said some years ago I think I was watching one of his documentaries He said that you know People might be knocking on the door Asking for something to eat You know they're asking for something to eat They're asking for something to eat and after a while, when you don't give them something to eat, they just gonna kick the door down and take the food. And I think that's kind of like what's going on. And I think the reason why you didn't see that level of vitriol and that level of anger and it's spilling over to the point where it's spilling over now. You had a few situations like you know with Rodney King and things like that, and you've had various situations, but it seems to be worldwide now. But I think it's like a compilation of uh, uh, a confluence of just everything. Yes, the things that have happened previously, but you have Ahmaud Aubrey, a guy with a relatively clean past. I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of these people that have been killed in these police situations, some of them are real murky, guys selling loose cigarettes, or some of them are involved in some, I guess you say, a form of a crime, you would say. Yeah. But so it was a little murkier. But in these situations, Ahmaud Aubrey was literally jogging.
0: Well, he was bird watching to be exact.
2: No, I'm talking about Ahmaud Arbery.
0: I don't kid. even remember who that is no more. I'm going to be honest with you.
2: The kid that was jogging, and they, you know, approached him. Oh, yeah, 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 so much
0: bull jag going on, it's hard to keep track.
2: Anyway, so just bringing all those events together, yeah, Ahmaud Aubrey, and then around that same time, a little bit later, that woman, I think that's part of it, too. And I've stated that I was a bit more bothered by that in a sense than, I hate to say it, but I'm almost a little numb to black men getting you know, and I get to my own experience, getting accosted by the police and it going the wrong way. I'm almost used to that. But like this woman, in a sense, I know people say, oh, they always do that, but this is the first time i really heard someone truly articulate, this is what they're trying to do. Most of the time they'll do it. It's kind of similar to what the store person did. I know I was talking to my brother last night. He was telling me about the 911 call with the store owner and some of the things he was saying. And it's kind of similar to this one, but she literally was articulating like, hey, I'm, I feel like it was almost attempted murder because she was saying that he was going to tell them that he was being aggressive toward her. When obviously, if you listen to it, the guy wasn't being aggressive at all. He just asked her to put a leash on the dog. If anything, she was being aggressive. But she said, I'm going to tell them that a black man is a, is threatening me. Like, so she was very intentional about what she was doing, and that, that really kind of – that truly bothered me. And then now you have the incident with George Floyd when, as you said, I was like, man, I know this man did not get killed over $20, even if it's fake money or anything like that. And then even the sto- the person who called the police on them or called 911, and I think you told me, you're not even supposed to call 911. You're supposed to just call the police and then let them respond. You ain't supposed to call 911 because of course that's an emergency. So somebody passed off a fake $20 bill is an emergency. Are you serious? And you know, make it out like all these other bad things are going on with the guy. He gonna listen to you and all this stuff. And so the cop comes and engaged in all this excessive force because it was, put his knee on the man's neck and he pretty much died. Beforehand, and this is like one of the things I kind of want to speak to as well. The family, I like how they approached it because instead of just listening to the police report, they got their own independent autopsy. I don't know how often that happens, but obviously, the police tried to cover it up off rip and say that it wasn't the case that he didn't die of asphyxiation. Excuse me. And they came in, had an independent uh, person come in and do one. And that's really, I think, the most important thing we got to start doing. You got to start thinking and moving off which. You're doing not like, just being mad. You got to start hitting them where it hurts. And I'm really starting to learn that lately just in my own personal life. You got to start hitting those people where it hurts. You can't just be mad. Okay, do the independent opt So they were just mad and busting. They did that, and we would never find out this information. Okay, and just kind of speaking to what the people are doing, I'm not a big fan of the riding. I don't think that accomplishes anything because it'll be cool for a while. I think the thing that's kind of struck me the most about this is that people are almost cool with the riding. Like, that's – the oddest thing I've probably seen, like, you know, people, store owners still giving people food even though they're tearing down buildings. And some people are saying like, even though they burned down my my restaurant, it's like not being racist is like the way or something now, like it's weird. I'm like, man, we've been asked for this since for forever. Now all of a sudden everybody like, you not being a racist. I I just saw the girl from Flea, Uh she lost an endorsement because she tried to support Black Lives Matter. And basically her old coworkers dragged her because they said that she did a lot of microaggressives and racist stuff when she was on Glee which was what seven, eight, nine years ago and she lost an endorsement because they say they don't support racism I'm like what the world it's essentially what I think black lives matter and not being racist is going to become the new me too now I'm not saying of course George Floyd, I'm hoping it's not in vain but it definitely won't be now because now it's weird. we've created a Black Lives Matter has been a movement for years. Now it's a real movement. We're right there with Me Too and the LGBTQ, which, I mean, I can't even remember all the letters now, but it's just, I'm like, whoa. So I'm amazed by that. Although I'm not a big fan of riding, I don't think that's the way. Um, But I don't know if the Martin Luther King way is the way too, because we tried the nice thing and those people got shot. Cap knelt and he lost his job. So, I mean, he's kind of of torn a little bit on what's the right approach, because it seems like neither of them have worked. Um, But – at the same time, I'm kind of glad that at least people are paying attention now. I just worry about how much of it is organic. Like some of us people are being forced to make statements, even though like, you know what I'm saying? Even though, you know, I don't think they really care. It's like, they're almost forced to make a statement. Like, I don't want your statement, I want your actions. All right, so, and I hate to be so long winded, I kind of focused on that. but I, you know, talk about my own personal experience. So just kind of tell everybody, I'm from Mississippi. Um, from Columbus, Mississippi, originally from Knoxville County, Bristol, Mississippi, small town. In my early life, I went to an all-black school, and then I started going to Caledonia. I went to a mostly white school, and truth be told, and I, I'm not just being naive, I really didn't deal with what you call a lot of racism. It was things that happened, but I never really truly understood what it really meant to really be profiled or to know that I'm black. I was always a pretty smart kid, did well in school. People never came to me a certain type of way. It was certain things that happened in school, but it wasn't anything that, I feel like I would develop a level of animus toward another race or anything like that, even though I went to a mostly white school. Now, um, you know, let me just State, I thought it was pretty cool. I can't really say it was much that happened. I, I would tell people the worst thing that happened to me while I was in college, I was working at a nursing home, and an old white lady called me boy. I thought it was funny. And I remember the old black lady, like, that's not a boy, that's a man. That was, like, the funniest thing. But that was just funny to me because it, it, it wasn't that heavy. Um, It was an older lady. I mean, whatever. Anyway, so let's just fast forward. Um, Many, for those that, I mean, many do know, you know, after I got out of college, I worked for the Commercial Dispatch Um, as a sports writer and I did like the, what is the agate page? Excuse me, the agate page or something like that. So I did like the trivia and I did that page and I arranged all that, you know, the box scores and all those different type of things. So it was one night, it was late uh, Saturday night. Uh, we worked late on Saturdays because of the Sunday edition of the paper. So I'm riding home and just to be real around the time, I remember I was calling some of my friends. I was actually thinking about going to the club that night and all that good stuff. So I'm talking on the phone with them and then the cop pulls me over and then the cop pulls me over and almost immediately he starts asking me stuff like, you know, are you on drugs? Are you this? I'm like, what? So it kind of was confusing. And I know a lot of people were saying you need to cooperate with cops and you need to, you know, a lot of these situations happen because of that, but it's kind of hard to react to that when you've never faced it. And then as my, um, and I normally don't curse or anything like that, but I remember, uh, even when all this happened and they talked to my dad, my dad was like, drugs, you better get the damn boy to touch a beer. So I don't even drink. So, I mean, so it was kind of, it was just, I, you know, and just go through that whole situation. And he got to the point where multiple cops were there I was like, what the world is going on? Like, I'm like, weirded out. The only time I've ever seen anything like that is like on a movie where it's, <clears throat> it's like on a movie where you have, uh, I guess, drug kingpins, as AJ has talked about before. And I was like, what the world is going on? And like, the cop asked me, could he search the car? It's like they were adamant they were going to find something. Mind you, I'm just coming home from work. I ain't, I ain't never did anything crazy. I don't even know what's going on. So they asked, could they search the car? I was like, yeah, you're not gonna find anything. And so they started searching the car, they got some light out, and they tested the floorboard of the car and they said it tested positive for cocaine. I was like, What? Like, I mean, you just imagine something like that happening. I didn't even know. I I was just like, I was like, what the world? And I mean I almost fainted. I was just like, Did this just happen? It was like you're in the twilight zone. Like, did this really just happen? And so, um, you know, went to jail, jail for a whole uh, day and a half because it was a Saturday. So I guess you can't get bundled out and all that stuff. You know, I called my family. My family was able to get a lawyer. Um, You know, the drug charges would drop before I even got out of jail. But that's something that wouldn't put. Mind you, I worked at the newspaper and my name was in the newspaper. And like my co-workers coming up to me like, man, I heard you had a party on Saturday or something like that. And you're just like, you know, I got old classmates hit me up like, oh, my God, I was I was just flummoxed. I just couldn't, like, what? Now, the funniest story, one of my friends, one of my good friends, I remember he said somebody uh, hit him up and was like, man, you know, a Jeremiah uh, got arrested um, for drugs or something. I was like, man, you must be talking about a different Jeremiah. <laughs> I was like, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, so, you know, but people don't know the full story behind something like that. And it's like you get, in a sense, your reputation torn is over some foolishness like that. You know, and I, I was a little younger then, and I probably should have sued them, but I was just out of college. I probably wasn't even thinking about it. And I wish I had now, but it is what it is. So, you know, that was really I – I don't even know if I look at it like a traumatic experience like that because I've had some other things after that are kind of compounding it. But I will say, like, when I get pulled over by the police, I mean, I still get nervous. Like, I still wonder if it's going to be a white male. I get really nervous. I know it's gonna, I don't even get pulled over that often, but if it's a white male, I get extremely nervous because most of my experiences with white male cops hasn't been good. Females, Hispanic or any other anything, it's always been fine. But when it's been like a white male, the percentage of something going wrong or him talking to me a certain type of way, is always extremely high. And I think that's what I want people to start understanding. It's not about like people having problems with the police, but I just saw a video before we watched this. I mean, before we started this podcast, and I hate to be so long winded guys, but um, before we started, you know, the podcast, I saw a video like they showed like a white guy with a machete waving at the police and they, were almost calm, but then a black guy had his back turned, with his hand behind his back, and they need him in the back. Literally, you could see them need a the man in the back, and he wasn't being aggressive at all. And these are the things I think people want people to understand is that they are treating us different, and that you can reduce and prevent these situations if the cops just start acting like they got some sense. And I think what the thing is now, the cops think they right now they're allowed to do it; they're not held accountable for it. The guy that killed George Floyd, and I'm gonna call it they allegedly, or I'm gonna say allegedly killed. George Floyd, because he hasn't officially been convicted yet. <laughs> but officially, you know, allegedly killed George Floyd. I mean, he had multiple complaints against him. It was just, I mean, it's insane. So that's just my main thing. Just be aware. I don't want you, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want your post on Facebook. I don't care nothing about that. I care about your actions and stop being so sympathetic to these cops and having stupid posts when folks are doing stuff wrong. Like, well, they're they did this. I'm like, just be real. Understand and try to see where we're coming from. I don't want you to post. I want you to understand where we're coming from and hold your white friends accountable that do stuff wrong. Sorry for the rant, guys. And I guess as Derek said, like I was preaching then. You yeah, know, I like what this dude
0: talking about? I, I
1: didn't see you. I didn't see you close your eyes and put your hands up.
2: Yes. You know, but I wanted to be. was
0: talking, but I was on mute.
1: So
2: <laughs> I was I was actually hoping we would split our thoughts on what was going on and our own experiences. But whatever.
1: Well. I mean, I don't know really how to follow that, man. Um, But I will say this. There's no allegedly killed George Floyd. He killed him. There's no alleged into it. I mean, anytime you rock back and forth on someone's neck like that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, then the other two officers are acting like they're concerned. What they should do was knock Derek Chavez behind (laughs) off of George Floyd's neck. That's exactly what those other two officers should have done. Now, they're going go, to they go, they're behind behinds to jail, just like Chauvin. They should be arrested now, you know what I'm saying? Especially with the independent autopsy report that has come out that has stated why and how George Floyd died. I mean, sitting there watching that video, I became so enraged. I had to stop myself from breaking something. I mean, like, bro, get up. Like, I was just like, man, if I could reach to the screen to slap Derek Chauvin, off of George Floyd, I wish I could have had that power. Because sitting there watching that, that man begging and pleading for him to, I can't breathe, calling for his mama, you know, and all you see is Chauvin's smirky face rocking back and forth on that man's neck, like, yeah, I'm not getting up. And it just was, it was, it was, it was hurtful. And you know, and the reason why we have these civil unrest now, peaceful protests, and then also the riders. I, I support peaceful protests um, emphatically, uh, but I do not de- uh, support riding, uh, destroying property. No, I don't value property over people. I vi- value common sense over foolishness. Um, so that's where I stand because now you have our crazy president threatening to try to bring in the military. Uh, to stop the rioting you know how about this how about from top to bottom our leaders law enforcement leaders come together and create some type of uniformity or code uh, as far as how to handle these situations when they happen Uh, I just read where there's a protection that the Supreme Court is about to strip away from law enforcement officers the um, where they can't be held accountable uh, doing uh, official business or whatever. That needs to be wiped away because that'll make them hopefully act, act with some type of common sense and ethical behavior because right now there's that, that, no way you can say there was ethical behavior uh, what happened to George Floyd from shopping. There's just nothing you can say. You can't say you, he, your life was in danger. You can't say he was resisting you. He was on the ground, on his stomach writhing in pain. He was not a threat to you; they were a the threat to him, you know so um and I, and I and i I feel bad for his family you know uh and his brother came out and was asking people to stop the violence because that's not going to bring his brother back and um as as far as um aubrey those those three guys need to go need to stay in jail too. can't wait till their trial starts as far as the um parking lot patio, whatever, park patio, whatever. Yeah, she needs to be charged, too, because she called the police and said, oh, there's a black man uh, threatening my life, which that did not happen, you know? That didn't happen at all. So imagine if the police would have come there, guns blazing, thinking that there is a white woman being accosted by a black man. They weren't going to ask questions, you know what I'm saying? So. That's also something that needs to happen. Police officers need to act with more common sense. You know what I'm saying? Uh, President or Vice President Biden said something that a lot of people feel like he shouldn't have said today or yesterday. And this is something that I uh, posed several police officers about uh, a couple of years ago when Alton Sterling was shot to death here in Baton Rouge. Why do police officers shoot to kill? Uh, I was told, oh, we're not shooting to kill. We're shooting to stop the threat. And if stopping the threat ends in your life being taken, well, you know, I'm shooting to stop the threat. I said, why don't you shoot to preserve life so that the criminal can face whatever charges they're facing? and They're, they're going to go with their training. And President Biden was like, well, why don't people, you know, why don't the shoot in the leg or something or instead uh, of the heart? And, and, you know, while the leg is still a dangerous place to get shot, I also feel like police officers shouldn't be unloading clips on people when they do have to shoot. You should be able to control your weapon, you know, uh, but with Shavin, we don't have a shooting. We have a knee to the neck. Uh, in Aubrey, we don't have a, uh, a police shooting. We have, well, a law enforcement officer that should have been able to, a former law enforcement officer that should have been able to control his weapon, but had no re- rights or reason to be doing what he was doing. Another, um, George Zimmerman, a wannabe, you know what I'm saying? Trying to take the law into his own hands. Vigilante justice should be punished by being tried and placed in jail. So uh, as far as myself, I've I've been blessed to not have many interactions um, with Caucasian police officers. Um, The one time that I do remember being pulled over and being accused of something that I didn't do I was about 18 years old. I was in Jackson, Mississippi, in South Jackson. I had just left from the Roses on Terry Road, and I'm guessing there was a um, a robbery that happened. And the officers pulled me over and said, "Hey, um, where are you coming from?" I said, "Well, I'm coming from Roses. Uh, you know, I just you know bought some snacks or whatever." Well, there was a robbery in place, and um, you matched the description. I said, well, "What's the description? Black male." I said, well, I just left from Rose. You can look at my receipt, you know, wasn't my, wasn't me. So apparently the robbery happened down the street from where I was. The robber drove past and they left me there in the middle of the street, you know, looking crazy and and go chase after after the robber, you know, but the robber wasn't even black. It was a white guy, you know what I'm saying? But they saw, me driving out away from Roses and just assumed that I was the robber. So that's one of the few instances that I've had with police or with racism. Uh, as far as direct racism, y'all are probably gonna laugh at this, you know, uh, I had a young white lady who refused to serve me at a restaurant. She just completely overlooked me uh, while I was trying to place my order. She said, may I take the next order completely overlooking me now? You can't miss me. I'm standing right in front of you. And she just refused to take my order. So, you know, I like I said, I, I I I can't fathom how I would have responded to your situation, Jeremiah. You know what I'm saying, um, brother? You know, me and you don't agree on a whole lot sometimes. <laughs> um, I I'm I feel for you having to go through something like that, having your name um dragged through the mud like that, and the cugles or something that you did not do. And you know, it looks like you you know you didn't let that stop you from uh being a success in life. So I'm thankful for you, black man. And that's all I got to say about
0: Black man,
1: black
3: man. Hi, Gabe. Man, listen. First of all, three things. First of all, I'm a little older, so I've experienced a lot more of these types of things. Number two, I'm a student of history. So when you put a lot of this stuff into a historical context, you tend to be able to cut straight through the bullshit. Number three, I was born and raised in Mississippi. You can't tell me nothing about no racism. You can't tell me nothing about no white people. I'm speaking frank today. You can edit it. You can do whatever you need to do, but it's coming. You can't tell me nothing about no white people. I know them like the back of my hand. And yes, don't ever think that white people don't know they're white, and they have a culture And they have a belief system. It's not just generic. Don't ever believe that. But I'm going to just start off in a Mississippi State context. Our athletic director, John Cohen, releases a simple statement, you know, talking about we need to be concerned with our students, our students of color, blah, blah, blah. Nothing controversial, nothing. Bold, nothing special about it at all. He's doing his job as an athletic director, calling attention to an issue in our society. What happened? John Cohen catches all kind of heat from so-called Mississippi State fans just for making a simple statement. That tells you right there the level and the depth of the problem that we're dealing with in this country. He couldn't even say – what he's supposed to say, without catching heat. Well, why is Cohen talking about that? Why is Cohen uh, getting involved in social issues? Are you are you are you kidding me? Cohen not, is an athletic. we like, we're not much you, different than old Miss. Are you serious? He Cohen presides over an athletic department with students that are probably about seventy percent African American. Those are people's children that they send to Mississippi State to be under the care and guidance of Cohen. But if he makes a simple statement about protecting the kids, he has to catch heat for that. are not different to Miss.
2: We're not different to Ole Miss. Are you
3: serious? Really, uh, what, really what those fans are saying is these people don't matter enough for us to, to, to care about them beyond sports. If they dribbling, if they running the ball for us, fine. But caring about their social well-being and all that, that's just not important for some reason. So, and, and like I said, putting it, in, and putting it into a historical complex. Right now, we're looking at riots. We're looking at social disturbances all over our country. Do you realize that the riot that we're going, that the, the social disturbances we have going on right now is because of police brutality? The Rodney King riot, the L.A. riots in the 90s, came as a result of Rodney King being brutalized by who? The police. Go back to the 1960s. Before the Rodney King riots, the biggest riots that we had were the Watts riots in the 60s. Do you know what started the Watts riots? Literally, the police beat a black man almost to death. And the people, um, the citizens of LA had had enough. And they set LA on fire. So none of this stuff is new. It's not new. But the thing right now to me that I see is I'm done with the excuses. Because what happens is you have, you have these things blow up and then you'll have issues. And then people start saying, yeah, but don't loop. Yeah, but don't be violent. Yeah, but, uh, be peaceful. Okay, Colin Kaepernick was peaceful. They treated him like he had burned down the whole country. So clearly, it's not about peace or not peace. It's about people don't want to deal with the issue. That's the problem. They don't want to deal with the issue. And, and you know when the CIA or the FBI, when they arrest a terrorist, and they put the terrorist in the chair, they're going to interrogate him. The terrorists don't want to deal with that. They ask him, okay, do you know the information? He's going to say, nope. Do you know the information? Nope. What happened? They start to put some pressure on his ass, and then all of a sudden he knows the information, don't he? That's what we're dealing with. People ignore us until we really make a strong enough statement to make people stand up and deal with the issue. They'll stop saying, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, if we continue to apply pressure to these situations. Because see, when people start saying, well, no, don't loot, no, don't be violent, no, don't break stuff. What is the life of a child worth? More than than broken glass? More than a burned up building? I say it most definitely is. Okay, so why am I sitting here concerned about Chick-fil-A replacing a storefront or Macy's losing some merchandise those are billion-dollar corporations. They don't even care. They have insurance. They'll probably get a check back for bigger than what the stuff was, that was destroyed. So stop buying into those excuses and stop letting people tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. Violence built America. Violence created America. Don't ever let people tell you don't be violent. Violence is a part of the human nature. I'm just going to say it just like that because it is. I'm not saying go be violent. I'm just saying it's a part of nature. When we go to war, it's for, oh, we're fighting for liberty. You're killing people. Oh, this is for the American way. You're murdering people by the millions. That's violent as far as I can see. So don't ever let people tell you that the lives of your children and your loved ones are not worth some hellified protest like what we're seeing right now. I'm sick of the excuses. I don't want to hear the yeah buts no more. I don't wanna hear these state fans running around talking about why is Cohen doing this, blah blah blah. No. Nah. mm No, nah, no more excuses. No more excuses. And I got so many racist incidents. <laughs> I I could be I could go all day growing up in Starkville. The stuff started when I was about six, seven years old that I can remember. First time I ever got called the N-word. I was about seven, you know. Didn't do nothing wrong. Going to breakfast with my sister and my little brother. That that There used to be a little breakfast restaurant. Y'all know where the highway patrol station is? Right on the edge of campus. There used to be a little breakfast spot right up that hill. And me and my brother and my sister was just going to breakfast, get something to eat. You know, got out the car. White man just went off. You know, talking about don't hit my car. We well, get close to his car, and then you know he starts with the n word, this n word, that. You know, so I I got a million million examples, but at this point, it's just no more excuses. Don't brush don't brush off the issue no more.
0: Gaze, let me ask you this: You have any type of uh, you know, fishy encounter with law enforcement? Absolutely. Most See, give definitely. Us that story.
3: Well, there's two that stick out. One, I was leaving the mall. Me and three friends were leaving the mall, okay? We got about a mile away from the mall, and there was a cop sitting on the side of the road. And when I looked up and I saw him, I said, he's looking for something. But we, we passed him and kept going. He pulled out, pulled behind me, We know, hit his lights. So, he got out of the car, and all of us can see he had his hand on his gun. You know, the way he was tiptoeing up to the car, he had his hand on his pistol. And so, we like, oh, man, what, what is it now? So, you know, he creeped up to the car, rolled my windows down, and it was the old, you know, what are y'all doing? We just had a robbery at the mall. Uh, we looking for some suspects. And we like, we just left the mall. We... We didn't see a robbery, but you know, if a robbery happened, fine, but it wasn't us. Okay. Fine. You know, so that incident went on pretty much without a hitch. We left. But another incident, and this is one that really pissed me off. So I'm, um, just out and about, I I think I was renting a video or something from the video rental store, which is y'all can joke me about that later, but, um, I pulled out of the video rental store, which don't exist no more. And so the cop pulls me over. And so I'm like, what could I have possibly done to get pulled over right now? So he said, you made an illegal left turn when you came out of the video store. I'm like, okay. He said, okay. And then when you made the turn, you you stayed in the in the divider lane too long. I'm going to give you a ticket for that as well. I said, okay, so if I'm crossing lanes of traffic, how am I supposed to merge into the, on- into the lane if I don't sit in the divine lane? You know what he said to me? He said, if you keep talking, I'm going to give you a third ticket because you got this back tag on your car. I have my Mississippi State alumni tag on the back of my, um, back of my license plate. In the state of Georgia, that's officially illegal. But probably 80% of all the Georgians have though, if he's it's either an alum now or something like that. So I'm like, okay, I'm calmly asking you questions about why I was pulled over. And instead of you answering my questions, you threatening me to give me more tickets on top of the bogus tickets that you're already giving me right now. So, you know, <laughs> I pretty much just said my piece and i let that be that. And uh i did get two tickets, both of them were bogus. He was threatening to give me another one just for asking simple questions. You know, things like that can escalate really quickly. But um you know, man, i've been pulled over and just get attitude just for no reason like got pulled over going to start real in Alabama. Got pulled me over in a small town. And he was like, "Um, can I see your license and registration? I said, well, um, you know, in the state of Georgia, they have our, no, he said license and insurance. I said, in the state of Georgia, our insurance and license automatically comes up when you run, well, the insurance comes up when you run the license. He's like, no, it don't. (laughs) I'm like, dude, I've been living in Georgia for 20 years. I pretty much know the law. So, you know, he gave me another ticket over in Alabama, so-called speeding. I may have been going 40 miles an hour in a, like a 35 zone or something like that. You know, it just it just goes on and on, man. You know, just, and you know, you you, all, you always know what it is. You know what it is. Because people can give you a warning or let you go for anything. Or they can make something out of anything. So, yeah, it's, you know, I'm just sick of the excuses. I don't wanna hear the the yeah. the yeah buts no more. I, I uh, don't wanna hear
0: that. Um seems like all of us got some type of story of police bull jabbing us around. Coach Vivians, you got anything to add just about now? What's up, y'all? How y'all doing this lovely
4: evening? I hope I look okay. Okay, I don't look too bad. Oh,
0: uh, <laughs> you hey, got that Alcorn go, hat on. There um, <laughs> <Razor. laughs> <laughs> you go, streaming with that Motorola <laughs> razor. There you go. There you go.
4: I'm a, I'm at the crib. I told you I was on on the coast. I didn't know it was a call, so I thought it was just a, a, a just us talking. But I didn't know we was going on live. But anyway, hey everybody in America. Um, so. So, uh, yeah, this past football season, actually, uh, I caught it. Was it this past? It either this past season or a season ago or a season prior. Uh, they had, it was, um, like, if you're coming off campus off um, what the, what are those people called? The fraternities, <laughs> the fraternity row. You're coming off that and you're about to hit that light, right, um, by uh, Chick-fil-A and all that. So, it's like three or four cars. You know with everybody turning, going back, turning back to go the other way, and so I'm right in line with all of them. I'm just driving, all of a sudden, hey, 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 I'm like, okay, so I pull over. It was, it was the cop. You no, know, he just standing out there directing traffic. Like we all in the same thing. Like you just ran over that cone. Like he was pissed off that I ran over a cone when everybody <laughs> was doing. It, was, it wasn't like it was an illegal turn. It was just I might have, you know, did it too sharp. And so he was, I mean, he, he was hysterical that i the cone was still there. Ain't you know, like I drug it down the road and that like that. I ran over it and kept going. But like I was like the fourth car in line to make that turn. And so um, he pulled me, I was like, what did I do? And he told me, I said, oh, well, I'm sorry. You know, I was apologizing and all that kind of stuff, trying to be cordial because, you know, I just love a football game, you know. So... He, I mean, he, and he just, he like, you got to get out. I'm like, why do I get out? You no, know, why do I have to get out and all this kind of stuff? So he got me out and I, I was like, okay. And so, um, obviously, you know, he's already amped up. So I'm starting to get like, oh shoot. It's like, it's like a movie. I'm like, oh God. Okay. He's like, and so my hands to my side, get your hands away from me. I'm like, oh shoot. You're going to shoot me in front of all these people because I'm just, hands not in my pocket. They're just on my side like this. Like I'm trying to be still. And so he was like, "Hey, out your pocket. And I, so I just, I just threw him up like this. I'm out here. I gotta stay right there in front of Hampton Inn. And so I'm just wide open like this. I'm like, oh my God, this dude about to cap me. Because you know, of course he was standing just like this. Like I was like, man, he about to cap him. So, and I and I was kind of like, oh, shh, you know, just breathing hard and all this kind of stuff. And so finally, then he said, I said, he was like, what is, what? he started fussing now. I said, dude, I'm just nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. He said, I don't give me that crap. My wife's black. I don't want to hear all this kind of crap about you. blah blah I said, okay. I'm My black. Wife's <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he, Wait, he, he said, just he so, so we're on the
0: same page, just because you like black vagina does not mean that you're not racist. You want that, that, you want that inward sleeping with the help experience that your grandfather had back during Jim Crow. Strong. <laughs> He showed.
4: I mean, so he hit me with it though. He was like, "My wife, black. Don't you hit me with that crap, y'all?" lad I'm like, "I don't care who, what, who's what." I'm freaking nervous right now. So finally, and um, I was still nervous even though my brother was in the truck with me. My brother is a um, firefighter, um, ex-marine, all that kind of stuff. So I figured if something happened to me, the cop would have got his, too because my brother is like crazy. And so, <laughs> yeah, like legit. Cause no, he was. I looked over in the car, and he was just sitting there like this, just looking. My brother is uh, what, ten years older than me. He was just sitting there looking like, okay, this is about to go. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So then I finally calmed down. Yes, grown man had a few tears rolling at the time. Uh, I was really nervous, like legit nervous. And so, I mean, he finally, was, finally, you know, everything calmed down because I just shut up and I was like, I finally brought myself together. And I was like, I ain't gonna do nothing. I ain't gonna say nothing. I ain't gonna do nothing. No, you know, just trying to get myself. to he finally, you know, sitting me on by my business. My brother had to. I let my brother drive, and everything. But, you know, it it, it was a crazy experience for me in that in that sense. But like I said, what what it kind of like the, um, <clears throat> the the college students that just got pulled over. Like you see the video of them. It's like you know they 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 rush to the car and start banging out the windows and tase them and all that. On the video, you see a car directly in front of them, some white kids waving and smiling at the camera. Like, why did you run to this car? You know, and because uh, apparently the word was they were breaking curfew or some crap like that. So these people in front of them not breaking curfew? I mean, it was like, right. it was like, wow. Like, and then like, it was a bunch of cops came to this one car, like, couldn't now one of y'all go to this car in front of them. And you know, do something with them. Everybody rushed this particular car. Then the next day, a cop that was there, a brother that was there, he tried to justify the whole situation, and it was. Cra- and he never answered. He never. He, he was trying to talk about how he diffused the situation after it all happened. How he pulled the guy away and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, you still ain't answer why y'all attacked him in the first place. You still ain't answer that question, like you. Okay, I, I diffused it. I pulled the, I pulled him up, and I walked him away. Okay, why did y'all go after that car in the first place? And it, it, it was never answered. So that's one of my. I just wanted to use that one because it was the freshest one. But I have a couple of more. But I'm not gonna talk a lot. I'm gonna let you um, run the show.
0: You ain't gonna put yeah, a different mile moving. on us. Okay, so um, <clears throat> me and Jeremy <laughs> talk about this type of stuff very often. All right, and so one of the things that we talked about is like, what is the end game? What changes need to be made? And I've always said that when it comes to the black experience in America, it makes me think about my time in sociology. We talk about a double consciousness where you're a black person, but at the same time you're an American and how do you even negotiate those things? So I've always said that as far as being black in America, there's like two ways that we can approach things. One, is easy and the other one not so much. Well, both of them are hard, one is just a little easier than the other. One. So, my thing is, I've always said that if you think that white people are going to give up their privileged status in society, then you're nuts. No matter how many statements they make and how many videos corporations make talking about they support black people or whatever, whatever, why would they even give up their privileged position in society? So, there are two options we have. The first one is to say, hey, we know that we will never, that y'all will never make things completely (laughs) equal for us. So if we could get y'all to stop doing stuff like killing us over nothing, the police killing us over nothing, that would be great, okay? The other thing is, is that if we were looking for like equality, equality, that's one of those things I think that somebody's gonna have to die for it to happen. And when I say somebody's gonna have to die, I mean like a lot of people are gonna have to die because there is no way that even the liberalist of white people is going to give up their privileged position within society without some bloodshed. You know, the Haitians didn't, you know, go out there and march and, you know, riot and stuff like that. Like they had a riot, but it was, and killed all the white people literally who was in Haiti.
2: So, uh,. I I think I'm going to say on AJ's behalf, I don't think he's advocating violence and saying we should kill people. I think he's just making a more of a historical
0: point. Yeah. I mean, as a history teacher, that's one of those things that history teaches you that people are never going to give up their privilege. Like, why would they even do that? You know, that doesn't make sense. If the shoe were on the other foot, we probably wouldn't do it. Um, (laughs) So historically, typically, if you want equality, you're probably going to have to take it. Um, It's just one.
2: Right. Go ahead,
3: Kate. That just speaks to the point I was saying earlier. People get nervous when we start breaking stuff and setting stuff on fire because they know if it was them, they would have done it a long time ago. Uh, That's uh well, That's uh, why people get nervous. It's not because they care about somebody's storefront glass broke out. They know things. And at that point, they're heading in the direction that they need to head. And again, in, in a historical context, Arthur, just like you said, every time somebody has struggled to, to take a higher place in a society, it's been some bloodshed and some death involved, period. That's just history. That's just the way it's been, period. And you can't
2: really run from it. Well, and kind of speaking the history, of this thing called the American Revolution. They did do it. That's why we have America. Uh, exactly. And think about Africa and what happened with apartheid and then Nelson Mandela. Here's a fun fact. Nelson Mandela, and AJ even told me this, he was a saboteur. So they were blowing stuff up. I mean, it wasn't like he was just some peaceful guy marching. They were blowing stuff up before he got put in jail. And then when he got out, they had so many issues. Um, I actually stayed with a white South African family for about six months. And they said when they got out, the issue was that Nelson Mandela was on this reconciliation stuff and forgiving everybody. And everybody, the other people, were basically like, F like, <laughs> like Like, they did to us all those years. Like, no, nah, it's time for us to get some payback now.
0: You know, I have <laughs> thoughts about the reconciliation thing. I'm going to make this real brief. But, With reconciliation, like on one hand, you do want to get revenge, but the problem is that if you don't let it go, then it's going to end up being one of those things where like you're going to spend literally decades trying to punish everybody who is involved and the country is not going to be able to move forward. Like for instance, uh, there are people still trying to get war criminals from World War II uh, down in Argentina and crap like that, and that was like three million years ago. So- I support his um, reconciliation. And that's like a, a, a very popular thing to do in work. Back to Jeremiah.
2: Yeah, but you're right though. It's kind of, I mean, I see where he was coming from. I, like, as you said, you kind of, it, it'll take years. He probably knew that. So if he really wanted to create the right country, but you can't change people's hearts. Like those people wanted to, they wanted bloodshed. They wanted them to pay for what they did to them. And I think you can't change that. So all you can do is enact policies and make people change. Just like now in America. You're not going to change people's hearts. You can't do that. You're just not going to do that. People are not going to give up their position. As you said, AJ, that's not, not logical. That goes against biblical principles. People have never done that. Like uh, Pharaoh didn't let all the people go until they started killing all the kids. God started killing all the kids and they started having locusts and all of that. And then they killed his son. Obviously, all of a sudden, he like, all right, man, I'm done with these folks. They out. they out. People had to start dying. So it wasn't like he still was being stubborn. You know what I'm saying? And God hardened his heart but i don't want to get turned into a sermon or anything like that as a dare i say but i'm just citing that biblical principle when it comes to that. like as you said like nothing normally don't happen until people realize people aren't really changing their thoughts people as me and aj have talked about sometimes with teaching people call it quality of life they don't really be caring about their job sometimes they care about quality of life and i think that's what a lot of people think like you don't want to be seen as racist now it's like just like with the me too movement it's guys and different people like you get nervous now with the me too movement or saying anything against somebody who who is uh, LGBT, nobody wants to say anything against hate in general or do anything like that. Now, I think Black Lives Matter is gonna really, before Black Lives Matter, I think it was kind of had a lane now. It's like, it really does matter. And if you don't say Black Lives Matter, you can't, that All Lives Matter stuff don't mean, if you don't say that, now people gonna brand you a racist and there's gonna be consequences to that. People are losing endorsement. Cops are getting arrested for excessive force doing the mist of all, I'm like, what the world is happening? It's like, we've been asking for this for like, what, 100 years? And now all of a sudden, it's finally happening? More than 100 years. So, um, I don't
0: know. You know, Jeremiah, as a historian, that's another thing that kind of irks me, is that even back during the Civil Rights Movement, you know, being non-racist and stuff like that was the wave to a certain extent. But the thing about um, the wave is that waves come crashing down. Mm -hmm. So the response to the civil rights movement was the neoconservative movement you know that's how we end up with nixon and nixon with the war on drugs and all of that good stuff or you know um uh the southern strategy and getting rid of busing and getting trying to reel back um welfare and then you got ronald reagan talking about welfare queens and stuff like that like supporting civil rights of either wave and then you'll have a new person who comes in and kind of try and take that stuff back. So like what I'm saying is that this stuff has to be a sustained struggle because you look at the fact that as I tell my students, crack mysteriously somehow coincided with the um end of the civil rights movement and the Black Panthers and all those people. And then you got the, um, you know, the Iran contra scandal where you have Freeway Ricky Ross getting dope from the CIA so that they can have the Sandinistas, you know, uh, sell the dope to Freeway Ricky Ross. And he sell the dope and give the money back to the Contras, so that they can fight against communism. You know, this is I know that I'm, I'm getting like. You, you real, talking about the real Rick Ross? Yeah, I'm getting real macro right now. Um, but I am one of those people that believes that, yeah, the government does things intentionally to jack up the black community. Just like somebody was talking about earlier about how they hope that all of this stuff is organic. But people do not believe me. People do not believe me. Like, people get paid to protest. Like, that is a real thing that happens. And just like Antifa, like, yeah, you have these random people who show up who could give a damn less about black lives who just start burning stuff up because they want to cause mm. chaos. Like, it's one of those things. Anyway, let me go ahead anyway, me head over to uh my guy, um him. Derek? Yeah, that? Derek. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: I mean, I, I, I kind of – I'm the type of person that – like, I, I take him from what Gabe said. Gabe, I, I, I agree with you on a lot of what you said. Arthur, I mean, you giving an awesome history lesson, but like, as far as the changes that I feel I need to happen, <laughs> I will hope it don't take, you know, a lot of people dying for that to happen. You know, you would hope, one thing my mama always tells me is, Derek, people don't think how you think, because I, cause I use common sense when I when I look at something that's happening, and I don't see gender, I don't see race. I look at it from a human, human point of view. Uh, and I also put myself in that predicament to see how would I like being in that situation. And I do agree with Arthur where he says, people are gonna willingly give up their privilege, but shouldn't we all have privilege? We're all human beings, you know what I'm saying? I mean, society is how it is because of what happened all those years ago. And you would think we would be able to, you know, grow from the dark ages of racism to be able to live in a society where we still be white, black, Puerto Rican, Haitian, different races, and be able to treat each other like human beings. You know what I'm saying? No human being is gonna be perfect. No human being is always going to make the right decision. Uh, We will always have, uh, I guess you can say, a form of classism because, you know, when you look at human beings, the ability to learn and do work, I feel like those that should be the only thing that should separate people as far as you know how you treat someone because everyone's every man's or woman's work ethic is not going to be the same, every man's or woman's ability to learn and be taught something is not going to be the same, but you should still be able to treat someone with respect. And if and if a police officer can't Determine what respect is then they shouldn't be wearing the badge. A lot of people want to say wanna make like police officers' lives are more are more valuable than the people that they're supposed to be serving. That is false. A police officer's life is just the same as the person that um they're probably arresting. Like watching these protests now where how the police officers just ransack those protesters in Washington just being peaceful. Those police officers' lives aren't no better than the people that they're that they're charging. You know what I'm saying? So if we treated each other like human beings first, and rather than black, white, Puerto Rican, Haitian, whatever race we are, uh, I think that would make for a better society. If I if I had one wish, I would wish for that. And a lot of times I always say I want wish wish to win the Powerball. But seeing what I've seen in the past couple of days, I would wish that people would just looked at each other as human beings and not as that that white person, that black person. Or that Mexican, you know, and just take the stereotype away from being a human and being as far as being a different race. Because, yeah, there are people who are gonna rob and, and, and do bad, but there are people who are gonna do good too. So, what needs to happen is, like I said before, you know, the change needs to start from top to bottom and also bottom up. We all need to do better. You know what I'm saying? And, when a, and I, I challenge any law enforcement officer that's watching this video, if you see one of your fellow officers about to do something that you know in your heart is wrong, stop them. You should not sit back and watch someone die underneath someone's knee, you know? If you see your, your fellow officer unloading clips, Stop them. We need controlled, humanistic policing in this country because it's it's going nuts. Even with the protests, yeah, you see these the people protesting. You know, yes, we know they're agitators, but you can see which ones are the agitators. You know what I'm saying? Don't attack peaceful protests. Uh, that's that's one of our our liberties as being citizens of the United States: uh freedom to protest. You know what I'm saying? So. Allow people to express themselves as long as they're abiding by the law. Now, granted, going back to what Gabe said, sometimes a little bit of lawlessness will help you get get your butt in gear. You know what I'm saying? I just wish it's I could gotta fix- happen,
3: man.
1: <laughs> I just got, wish I could, gotta happen. I just wish I could fix it with the step of a finger because I don't want to see anybody else die. I don't see, and I don't want to see any uh, innocent bystanders get killed. You know what I'm saying? Um, reading reading an article that I was reading before the shop store, looters killed a retired cap police captain in St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? Because he wouldn't let them loot the store. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's a right and a wrong way to to, to get your point across. Blaming just robbing and and saying you doing it in response to uh, social injustice? Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, nah. That ain't the way. You know what I'm saying? But Go ahead, Gabe. You know what I,
3: I I Say i to that, don't. though? Here's the thing. If an issue happens, like what happened with the brother getting choked to death, okay, millions of people, literally millions of people have taken to the streets all over yep. the world. If 100,000 people are marching down the streets of New York. You can't sit there and expect several hundred of them not to do something they shouldn't do. <laughs> That's again, again, human. Again, yeah. again, again, stop with the damn excuses. This is not about a few people breaking into a store. If 100,000 people walk down the street on St. Patrick's Day, they're going to tear some stuff up. If it's celebrate the Super Bowl, they're going to tear some stuff up. If it's the World Series, I didn't go tear, tear nothing up with my cheese won Super Bowl. You didn't, but I guarantee you, with some arrests that night, and I guarantee you, with some couple of cars set on fire, just That's like they do enough. in Canada, just like they do in Boston, they do it in New York. When their team wins, people take to the streets, and they're celebrating, and stuff still gets torn up. So, how are you going to tell me that these people are protesting? 10, 20, 30,000 people and a few hundred of them aren't gonna do something they shouldn't do. That's ridiculous.
1: Well, what do that's you think about legally?
3: Hom- I don't
1: I don't even want to hear that. No, that's no, the homie with the pink ass mask that was going out breaking out the windows, man. You he, he he was an agitator. The dude with the umbrella. Right. Exactly. You're gonna have some agitators. You're gonna
3: have some people that's there to do wrong you going to have some people that shouldn't be there, you are going to have some people that don't want don't even know what the event is about, they just there to mess something up. But that does not distract from the major point of why people are there. And don't let nobody distract you from that because human beings, there's I put it like this. There's no perfect victory. Put it in I use sports analogy. If you play a football game, you fumble twice, you throw an interception, Missed a couple of blocks. But that night you win a national championship. What's the coach gonna say? He's gonna say we might not have played our best game, but damn it, we did national champions right now. We won. He's not gonna say, Well, you know what? Since we fumbled twice, we need to give this game to the other team because, you know, we shouldn't have uh made mistakes. Damn it, we was in the game to win it. And at the end of the game, we won it. So there's no perfect victory. You, know, you don't look for perfect victories. You stay focused, you keep your eyes on the prize, and you go for what you're going for. That's how it works. All right, I see, so, Derek. I was. Wait, I was
0: wait, 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 Ken. Go ahead, go ahead, Doc. Okay. So we got a couple of things to unpack here. All right. So Derek said about what his one wish would be. And I just wanted to put out there what mine would be, which is that if I had one wish, we would be best friends. Love would never end. It would just begin. All right. Um, what song? That from? Huh? One wish. Look it up. All right. So, um, <laughs> I had a bone to pick with Kendrick Vivians. Oh wow. wow. All right. And on top of Kendrick Vivians is somebody else whose name I'm not gonna call. But I ain't appreciate. I'm gonna just say it. Fuck it. I'm, I, did I say that? Oh, well, did yeah, you did? All right. Her name is, I think, Candace Gates or something like that. And I didn't like how on Facebook she said that um, she was on the ground. Like, she was, like, so much more important to me that she is a authority on X, Y, and Z, that she's so important and she's known and she sits at the table with important people so her opinion is <laughs> more valuable than mine. So, the... Situation in question was that Kendrick was asking what I consider to be a legitimate question. What well, he was saying, it seems as though that old Miss is more progressive on racial attitudes than uh, Mississippi State is. <laughs> I said that I feel as though that Ole Miss gives the appearance of being more progressive towards racial um, attitudes than Mississippi State does. Um, because I, you know, I actually went to Mississippi State and Candace actually went to, well, I went to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I went to Ole Miss for grad school. We've had this discussion a million times. And Candace went to uh, Ole Miss for graduate school also, if I'm not mistaken. But of course, since she's, you know, in all these different organizations and stuff, then what I say doesn't matter. I'm just, you know, she's a big I and I'm a, a little you, okay? But whatever. So Candace, if you're watching this, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You cute, you pretty or whatever, but I'm not gonna take shit off of you regardless. So um, my thing with Ole Miss, like Mississippi State, as I say, the thing about Mississippi State is <laughs> I feel as though that we have, there has been racial stuff to happen at Mississippi State. We know that at Mississippi State University, we don't just have like the squeaky cleanest um fan base or anything like that. And racial incidents happen. Going back to Jeremiah, um, when you remember that incident with Fred where the boy was trash in the hallway and they was like, Man, why you trashing the hallway? And he was like, Oh yeah, the niggers are cleaning it up. You know, you would have guys in our dorm who would purposefully um trash the dorms because You know, they knew that the black people, the black custodial staff was going to come and clean it up. You know, they so used to having housemates and stuff like that at home that they're just like intentionally messing stuff up so that these black people had to come and clean it up, which, you know, there was a little fist fight that took place because of that. And, you know, they didn't suspend our homie because he, um, you know, because they didn't want an incident. But my thing is- yeah, my thing is, is that at Mississippi State, like, this is my experience. And no, I wasn't in the National Pan-Hellenic Council, and I didn't go to brown bags and crap like that, and I'm not a member of fraternity or anything like that, but I know my experiences, you know. So um, my thing is that at Ole, at Ole Miss, I was at Ole Miss when they had the uh, incident with the James Meredith News. And the thing about Ole Miss is that like when I would go to games at Ole Miss, I was scared to death because I was in the um, sociology department. So I used to hang out with this, you know, Egyptian girl who wore the hijab. Her face was covered, her body was covered, Mm -hmm. the whole nine. And there was always something racist happening to her. It was nothing for a truckload full of white boys to pull up on her and just yell, go back to your country or take that shit off, you know, whatever the case may be. I knew a gay dude who got accosted and made to leave from a um, a, uh, football game. Uh, I knew another guy. He was white, but his family was Filipino. He was scared to take them to any um, games or anything like it because of what might happen. When I was there, we had a professor who said that a truckload of white guys pulled up to her and called her a bitch. And she was like, excuse me? And it was like, you heard us, bitch. You know, I hear, you know, you were read in a newspaper where a girl might be walking by herself at night and a truckload of white guys. It was always a truckload because they cowards, okay? And not saying that all white people are cowards, but these particular guys was cowards. <laughs> so they always needed a group of guys with them. And for some reason they need to be in a pickup truck, even though they grew up in Madison and never seen a farm a day in their life. Um and <laughs> they would, you know, they would drive up and you would see a dead a black girl by herself and they'd throw beer cans at her and stuff like that. Stuff like that happened at Ole Miss all the time. All the time. I mean, routinely, you would read the student newspaper and see stuff like that. And the thing was, I felt as though at Ole Miss, there was a lot of boundary work going on, where there was like this atmosphere of like, these people feeling that like they needed to protect the old south reputation of um of old miss and i didn't see that so much at mississippi state you know and, and like i say that's not to say that the people weren't racist but there wasn't like this racist we need to make sure that you people know your place type of racism it was more of like a racism where you know It might cut your eyes at you or something like that, but it wasn't like this overt, bold racism. Uh, Right. You didn't hear so much about, you know, somebody walking by themselves at night and some truckload of people come and yell out obscenities at them or throw beer cans at them. You know, um, it might have happened. I hadn't heard of those type of stories. Yeah, yeah.
2: and I agree because we went to state at the same time and I can't really recall anything that I considered, other than the one incident we talked about from our freshman year that I thought was just overt. I mean, as a black person, you know some stuff is going on, but I don't really recall anything where I felt unwanted on campus. And I wasn't like that type of college student. I, I felt like I was just off of college. I wasn't going to parties all the time. I really wasn't just out there like this. So maybe it's some stuff I just was shielded from, but I, I know – I. I have limited experience with Ole Miss as far as just being there, but I did go there for a minority conference when I was in high school. And I did get a vibe just being there that, you know, you just get the vibe that they don't want you around. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get more of a vibe there. Maybe part of that is because I was a state fan to begin with, but, like, you get more of that vibe, that energy. I never felt that energy at Mississippi State. I never really felt it like that. Like,
0: as a really... matter of fact, let me, keep, let me keep S-wording on Ole Miss while I'm at it. Okay, so, you know, one day, me and my friend from Saudi Arabia, me and my friend from Saudi Arabia, well, she was from Egypt, but she was living in Saudi Arabia. We go to a baseball game. It's 30 degrees outside. There is nobody at this game. There might be, like, 30 people in a stadium that holds 8,000 folks. How come the usher comes up to her and asks to see her ticket? At a game with 30 people, non-conference. It's 30 degrees outside and he comes up to her and asks her for her ticket. And the people was like, oh, well, he probably knew the other people sitting in the section and he didn't know you. I was like, you do know that that sounds worse than the alternative, yeah. right? And they're like, oh, yeah, you got to sit in the student section. I'm like, you mean the student section where all the white people already have all of their couches and stuff like that? They have their tents out there. Everything is staked out. We're literally... The entire space is already occupied, and you asking for trouble because you already know that. First of all, I'm not about to go out here with this, you know, young lady with a job on because you asking for trouble. Something bad is going to happen. And then if you go out there and you stand around and hear some of these frat guys talking about this is the section that we always in. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, and the thing about old Miss is like, for instance, the black fraternities, they would have like a little, you know, they would do strolls and stuff like that in front of the union on like, I think it was Tuesdays or something like that. And then you had the white people start tweeting about Ghetto Tuesday is the term that they do when the black people were out there, you know, the black fraternities, they would have like, you know, music, you know, speaker set up and stuff, and they'll do, you know, stroll offs and stuff like that. And they called it Ghetto Tuesday. Like, that type of stuff was the culture of Ole Miss. But You know what they would do at Ole Miss? They would have a brown bag luncheon where they would have professors who talked about tolerance. And they would release a statement about how they were committed to tolerance. And then you would, you know, you would have like a what the thing was where the people would lay out and pretend that they were dead or whatever. I forget what they call it, but you know, they would do stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure Candace was involved in all of that, um, meaningless crap that didn't actually accomplish anything, but it looks really good on a resume. Okay. Um, you know, so, uh, that was the thing at Ole Miss, but they would never actually do anything meaningful. But they still play Dixie at their games, at their football games, and well, games. Well, it's kind like
2: lot of – A black
0: people won't come, but whatever.
2: Well, well, It's kind of more speaking to, like, everything we're talking about, like, people making these statements. Like, I saw something just now. They said there's a lot of people uh, the people are riding and you're trying to shield them from the police and people are opening their homes. That's an action. You know what I'm saying? That's is that's what people want to see. Like, this stuff they said, that surface-level stuff that old Miss does that make themselves look like they're racially progressive As you said, they still will play Dixie and make people feel unwelcome. So, it's kind of like no words, action, things that tangibly show that you're not a racist school. Like I said, Mississippi State has always been more undercover with it. Like, we on that mess too, we show it like with the Willie Gay situation. You know, like somebody tweeted about how Joe Burrow got in a fight with one of the players and they gained more respect for him. But then Willie Gay gets in a fight with Garrett Schrader and everybody vilified him. Like, he's a thug. When It turns out that Garrett Schrader might have been kind of a – I mean, just to speak to, he might be third string next year. So, that shows the level of respect they have for him, that he wasn't nowhere near the guy, you know. So, I
0: I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Coach Vivian's rebut before we go into the actual sports element. Coach, Coach Vivian's. All right, I'm back. Okay, I was uh, offering you a chance to rebut what I was saying because I know that you said that you want to see Mississippi State do more things in terms of uh, being more progressive towards race. Which I'm not against, but I'm just against I, the, the notion that somehow old Miss and magically turned into this progressive haven of racial tolerance. <coughs> Now yeah, here we go.
4: I, 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 all right, so
3: hopefully I'm good, because right my service is terrible, but um, the thing is- <laughs> Yeah, we can't I'm hear you. you. You're talking about, okay, baby, you
2: can't, can't
3: hear you. It's like real
2: fuzzy. It's not like you're saying go buy you a drink." <laughs> it's not like you talking to a
0: pair of <laughs> raccoon balls. Or yeah, it, it, it's my. I mean, it's the Let me try to go outside, man. Y'all I'm, uh, I'm gonna try to talk. I'm gonna step outside for a second. This dude right here. All right, so um, let me see what the Facebook comments is. We we just gonna take a couple of seconds to see what folks talking about. Because why not, right? Okay, so. Wait, let me is there a way for me to put this on Paul's crap? Now I gotta listen to it. Wait, okay, there we go. Uh Queen to say that your service is trash, which sounds about right. They <laughs> what up my peeps? And she laughed at something. Kathy say fake ass family. She just so disgruntled. I don't know what it is about her. And I don't know who Trent don't know you is, but and these folks. I had a thought y'all would have had something a little bit more uh, insightful to add, but is this any better? No, it isn't.
4: Okay, well y'all
0: go. It's better. is still trash, though.
4: Yeah, I mean, I can't do nothing about that. It ain't like I, I created it.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
4: I mean, so yeah, I don't take offense to it being garbage. I didn't do
0: it. Oh, Maggie, Maggie messaged me on Facebook, but I, you know. Oh, Jeremiah know how I feel about Maggie. Oh, right, go, a,
3: you're talking about, um,
4: you know, all these people, these groups, these white guys, see me, these bugs attacking me. But um, all these white guys pulling up in trucks and doing all this blah, blah, blah. I'm speaking on behalf of, um, like you just, and you said, after you said all that, then you said, but then the university has this brown bag lunch in. That's, I mean, that's an attempt at something, which state didn't do. I mean, it yes, like
0: lip service.
4: But okay, but is it lip service? Is the state having any lip service like that? No. All right. Then you said they allow the, the Greeks, even though that you got the racial people talking about them. Hey, look at it, you know, what you call it, "nigger or whatever you got to call it. Does the state have one of those? No. So I mean, that's another thing—that's re- representation. They have um, a unity um, Like I said, it might not be much. I'm a game. Like, we don't need no little small corner of the campus. But guess what? State ain't even got that. Oxford does. Then, as far as the state flag goes, who's, who's still waiting for the state flag? See, Oxford and Mississippi State. Mississippi State. I'm talking about stuff like that. You can put on all you want. You can put on, but at least you know show me that something's happening or trying to happen at least. And then okay, now you got folks out there. Um, they were out there marching. I guess I guess Mississippi State did one. Um, I haven't seen it, but I'm guessing Starkville did one. I know I know Starkville did one. I don't know about you know um, on the campus. I don't know if Oxford did. It. I think it was in the city of Oxford, so I, I can take that back. But still, Oxford was out there doing it. Dude had an old Miss thing around his face out there, you know, with Black Lives Matter. You know, i seen that. So this is, this is what I'm saying about that is because all this stuff I just named about, okay, here's Oxford, Oxford Community College saying, hey, look, let's these <clears throat> black folks on, on Front Street, let's put them out there. Let's try to do something. Name one thing Mississippi State has done. And if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong in this, but I know it's around about the same time. Uh, cause we both we we're both doing a black uh alumni weekend. Mississippi State and Oxford does that. I'll say if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm thinking I think Oxford was doing it first, to be honest with you. Um so it's like that's 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 what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about and, and then you say, like, I went to a duty noble game with uh my boy Jay Money. Uh y'all know inside peanut butter outside jelly. Y'all know my right, man. Right, right, right. We went to a baseball game, we had back seats from the president's office because his his uh wife was worked at the president's office, got us tickets. We just said, I made a Facebook post about this, put it in the group, uh in the country club. Um so I'm sitting there, I mean we sitting there and hey, excuse me, how did y'all get them tickets? <laughs> and we and we like, what? <laughs> I'm just we just went like, no, dog, um we can't get tickets like everybody else around this world get tickets. I mean, like, you know, what was it about? Of course, you know, we were surrounded. You know, it was like one, two flies and a whole bunch of buttermilk. So we just sitting there and they questioning us about how we get. And the thing about it, we got them, we got them free uh, through, like I said, she worked in the president's office directly in the same hour with Keena. And so, you know, um, but the thing about it, I've always said Oh Miss is out front with theirs. They are out front with theirs. Like, hey. We don't like y'all. We have a culture of this. Mississippi State just hide there. That's it. I mean, it's there. It's, it's, it's potent. But, I mean, they just don't hide it. I mean, they hide it. And like I said, <laughs> with, with the thing like the flag thing. You know, I, I made a, the post that you're talking about. I said, okay, Mississippi State is like, nah, y'all good. Y'all straight. We don't need to do nothing. That's their thing. ain't like, oh, you, niggas, y'all don't need this. You don't need that or nothing. They just sit back and don't do nothing. You know, and I mean, at least Oxford is, you know, saying, hey, okay, you you want a garden? Hey, here you go. Um, Here's your garden and stuff. Uh, here's your thing. I mean, now, with the garden thing, that could be like, hey, I'm throwing you a bone here. Chew it up. But at the same time, it's still, I can st- you can still, in one end, consider it as a step in that direction to uh, having some kind of representation. Because, like, driving around Mississippi State, what you see? That represents Negroes.
0: Nothing because they tore down the black fraternity houses, right? <laughs> no, nah, they not torn down. Um, they
4: they, <clears> they, <throat> they they use them for something else. And the thing with fraternity houses, you have to occupy those and you have to pay money toward those. Didn't they That's get rid I mean,
0: of them for the alumni house or something like that? They
4: tore it's, them it's, it's down to new.
3: build uh the hunter center where the hunter oh, center is right there? now.
4: Yeah. I know they got two right there. They have two, like if you pass the hunter Henry Center, there's two to the left that they said because. Before I got there, they said that was
3: um, some houses. Um yeah. brick house well, to the well, left. Literally where the Hunter Henry Center is sitting right now, that used to be the Kappa House and the Alpha House. Literally on that same spot. So those look, were old those were old faculty houses that they gave us.
4: Is the Sigma House still houses. there? No,
3: the Sigma House is uh, falling the down the street. It was further down the street. Yeah, it was and down we, about little, three little, 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 little houses. The Kappas, the Alphas, and the Qs had little houses. Old faculty houses that they gave us to, you know, use as frat houses or whatever. But, you know, progress. I, I I, never really had a big issue with that because those houses were old. They tore them down to build a new facility. But well, no big deal.
0: Now, <laughs> see, when it
4: comes to all that stuff, that that's my only question when it comes to, like, housing. I know that's not going to be a conversation right now. But just my only conversation about when it comes to housing, who's paying for it?
0: You know that's that's it. Now, Ken, uh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I don't fool with tokenism like that. You know all of that. You know well, we go give y'all this so that we can give the appearance that we trying to do whatever, whatever. I mean, it's cool at a to a certain extent. But have you ever seen the movie Inglorious Bastards? Nope. How the hell did you not see, it? whatever. Because okay. I, didn't, I didn't watch it. You need to, okay? I, for you to supposed to be a funny guy with a sense of humor, I don't know how you hadn't seen that movie. But that's beside the point. So, in *Inglorious Bastards*, I put it this way, I tried to. I, I didn't make it. But I, I tried a, it's it again. A, it's a good movie. It's worth it. So, okay. there's a the part where when they catch the Nazis, they always ask them, they say, what are you going to do with your uniform when the war is over? And the person always say something to the effect of, well, I'm gonna get rid of the uniform, I'm gonna burn it, I ain't never gonna wear it no more. And they be like, you know what? Uh, we can't much abide by it because we like, for when we see our Nazis to be able to identify them. So we gonna give you a little something that you can't get rid of. And they'd all, they would take and they would carve a swastika into their head. And that's the way that I am with my racists. I like my racists where I can identify them. <laughs> I don't like the, Hippie, liberal, racist <clears throat> who, you know, they talk about all these progressive ideas, but then again, they ask you, how did you get the Mississippi State, all oh, that type of bull jive? Because they still feel as though in their heart of hearts that you still a low-life African-American. So, um, like what I said, I, I I prefer my racist to be like, what, 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 Jeremiah? No, I'm just speaking man, as a... Man, keep this under 30 minutes, Jeremiah.
2: Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying, speaking as an African-American educator. I think we definitely know about that. Now, you've worked primarily, I guess, in mostly African-American spaces, but I guess as an African-American teacher, I still can remember being at a training this year. And um, I think a lady asked me what grade I taught. I was like, oh, you know, I teach second grade. And she was like, "Uh, you know, hey, um, what are you, like, you're a health teacher? I'm like, what? <laughs> a health teacher? Mind you, health is only something you don't see until, like, high school. So it's just – it's hard for them to fathom in their mind that you actually teach an actual subject and teaching kids yeah, something.
4: I'm going to get that all the
2: time.
0: <laughs> well, you are a health teacher, though.
4: I, who? You. I've never taught health in my life. Okay, what do you teach? I, special education and theater. Like, I, I was my past few years, I mean, last year I was special education. I've done special all education right. most of my career, and theater, the other
2: part of my career.
0: All right, well, theater isn't a real subject. Um Ooh, wow. <laughs> oh my god, you teach wow. kids how to exit stage left and stuff like that. It's, it's more real than health. You are Arthur. awarded, you are awarded no
1: points. <laughs> I disagree with you. Theater is a real subject, sir. It's a I real art form.
2: Uh, just speaking on the science of teaching and how that goes, I think like AJ teaches social studies and like me at the you elementary level. What to do? Uh, what? Anyway, 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 anyway. Here. Well, I'm gonna go down that part of the
0: rabbit hole. Uh, But
2: you know, like being elementary, you're teaching kids how to, so say like this year, I had to focus on early reading. You're teaching kids how to sound out words. I never had to do that um, in my first couple years. But being a teacher and like the craziness that people put into it and being skilled at it, it's so many programs, so many this, and being a black male teacher, being able to do that, one, it's normally women at the elementary level, and then at the same time, being a black male like, I'm telling you, if you go out and find, look for the experts in the field, you'll find hardly no black males when it comes to teaching anything when it comes to maybe math or something like that. When it comes to reading, you see very mm-hmm. few. It's like they don't think you have the capabilities to do it. Now, males mm-hmm. do tend to stray toward, like, math and certain subjects like that, but you just don't see that. Like, in just the statements that people make, they just can't believe that you got, you're, you'll got you be good at teaching it. So mm-hmm. it's like no. those little things like that. Right. That's
3: right. That's exactly my point, Jeremiah. What y'all are describing and what KVF just described sitting at the baseball game in the corporate world, they call those microaggressions. Of course. That's the word for it. Meaning people effing with you for basically no reason, you know, they're trying to make up a reason, but they're basically just effing with you usually for some reason, because you're black or you're, you wanted a few or a minority or a woman or something like that. Because well, if KVL, could have hit an old woman in the head and stole those tickets to the baseball game. But <laughs> if he had been white, nobody would ever question why he was sitting there. He would right. have been an absolute serial killer who stole the tickets and came to the game to pick out another serial killer victim. But because he was black, you know, and it, it, it ate him up. It ate them up. They and I was sitting in there with not, them. They just couldn't help themselves. How'd you get those tickets? Um, You know, we're just curious because I guess you got on an orange shirt. Yeah, that's why. You're a black <laughs> guy. You're not used to and seeing people deep, with orange shirts. Black wow. guy you had
0: these good tickets. Because I, I, um, I had a coworker, uh, in the, like the first day of school, like before the students even came, he said, you went to Mississippi State. How you get to, how you get to Mississippi State? I was like, bitch, I um applied an <laughs> to and um I applied and apparently I got accepted because I met the requirements to get in. He's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I meant uh you from Greenville, why did you go to Mississippi State and go, instead of going to like Valley or Delta State? That's what? You get. If I were a white person, from Biloxi, nobody would question Never why question. I didn't go to nobody. Would question, well, why didn't you go to um, Southern Miss? Yeah, why didn't you go to Southern Miss? Why didn't you go to William Carey? Why <laughs> didn't you go to Bell Haven? All these different places. I was a white person from anywhere in the state of Mississippi, he wouldn't have thought anything of the fact that I went to Mississippi State. But because you I'm can black, pick any
4: school you want to if you're white, huh?
0: Yeah, if I, yeah. because I'm black, the question is, how come you didn't go to uh, Valley now. We were well maybe
2: they're assuming you're selling out like all these other people who went to the C. And-
0: <laughs> we do not have enough time to talk about it. We should have talked about it. Oh my God, we should have talked about it. We do not have enough time. I told y'all that this was gonna happen. <laughs> we do not have enough time, but
4: people well, But AJ, talk that, about that same it. thing happened to me. Uh, that just that's like high school experience for me. Um I ended up, um, Everybody, a lot of people know my story. I went to Rust for two years. Um, then I transferred to Mississippi State. And when I got there, um, out of my class, easily 10 white people at Mississippi State, like my classmates. I'm like, man, you go here, you go here, you go here. Three brothers. Um, my roommate, who was my best friend growing up, was there. Um, and one of my um, friends that played football. He played football at State. Other than that, all of it. Growing up all they taught me was hey valley go to valley go to uh mississippi gulf coast you know that's all they taught me it's like go to these schools i'm like nobody told me how easy it was getting got dog on mississippi state <laughs> i'm like i'm smart enough for state that ain't nothing but they skit they they try to you know tell <clears throat> us that you know hey you need to go to a smaller school and all this other kind of crap and i'm like when i got to state it was like um, cuz some people and with the even with the other um the debate it's, you're just a number at Mississippi State. Man, I said, man, I can call my professor right now. What are you talking about? I wasn't just a number. Of people, you never been to a PWI. So you're sitting here telling me how it is over there, but you've never, ever been there before. It's crazy. Yeah. See, I'm going yeah. to start talking about look, that. My man, dad. Look, Ooh, there, Don't make, out,
2: me, my man, go my don't make me go make there. Don't make me go there. We're there to yeah. make sense of all Ooh. this.
3: Oh, oh, hey, my hey. My hey. Don't make me go
4: there. Hey, look, my bad. My bad. I, I took it from my counselor to these HBCU argument. You know, my bad.
0: Yeah. Y'all know Ooh. I'm from Greenville, and in Greenville, it was the same thing. It was, and even my family, they was like, "Well, why don't you go to Jackson State? Why don't you go to uh Valley? Why don't you go to Grambling? Or like the acceptable PWI to go to was Southern Miss. But when I told right. people <laughs> that I wanted to go to Mississippi State, they acted like I was Christopher Columbus trying to scale <laughs> off the face of the earth. And Dude, when I first went to Mississippi State ahead. for the Minority Student Achievement Program, even I myself was wild when I got there. And I was like, there are a lot of black people here. It's a lot of white people here, but there are definitely a lot of black people. I am not like the only black person who is here. And um, <laughs> right, people treat me a certain way because I went to Mississippi State. Like When I go home to Greenville, it's like they treat me like, because I went to Mississippi State, um, I'm different than them somehow. You know, like- was your cousin the homecoming queen now? Yes, my cousin was the homecoming queen. Big <laughs> shout out to uh, Angela <clears throat> Maxwell. Uh my favorite cousin from the light-skinned part of the family. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was not blessed with that light skin. Um, so- Colorism. Yeah, so like, when I remember when I first applied to my first job, uh, In my hometown, the lady was like, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you about Greenville. Greenville is this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you do know that this is my hometown, right? And she was like, for real? I was like, yes. Um, And she say, well, when I looked at your resume and saw that you went to Mississippi State, I just assumed that you weren't from here because people from Greenville don't go to Mississippi State. I'm like, whatever that's supposed to mean. Because wow. when I went to Mississippi State, <clears throat> I was not the only black person from Missis- from uh, Greenville there. But, you know, what else? And somebody always make a comment or something like that. Like, I can, you know how they had a meme like nobody? And then I'd be chilling out and I'd be like, nobody. You think you better than me because you went to Mississippi State? We like, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't <ever> say anything. <laughs> in, oh, my man. Opinion, in my opinion, those people be projecting because yeah. half the time, those people wanted to go to Mississippi State, but they, they thought be- they couldn't get in or whatever, so they just didn't try. <clears throat> and instead of them just, you know, dealing with it in a healthy way, then they want to make it seem like it's something wrong with us. Because I got some family members who be posting these, um making these posts about um they so glad that they went to a HBCU and how they woke because they went to a HBCU. And I'm like, no, I remember you going to a PWI and flunking out first, and then you went to Jackson State. It didn't have anything to do with you being woke. It had to do with, you know, (laughs) um, you couldn't hack it at Delta State or USM or wherever it was that you went. So, you know, don't be trying to act like because you went to a HBCU that you more woke than me. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing is that I never hear people who went to PWIs trying to shit on HBCUs. It's always the other way around. but Never. I never heard that. I okay. A, so, so I, I knew, Derek, I was waiting. <laughs> wait, what is that? Wait, I'm going so, to uh, I'm I'm finish this train thought then Derek. I swear to God, you can talk. But what I was going to say is that I meet a lot of people who went to HBCUs, and they express their curiosity in a healthy way. They'll be like, oh, you went to Mississippi State or you went to Ole Miss. What was that like? And I'd be like, oh, well, it was like this, kid and the other, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll tell and they'd be like, well, you know, I thought about going to Mississippi State or I thought about going to Old Miss, but blah, 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 blah. To me, that's healthy. Instead of that crabs in a barrel, boy, jazz, you know, where you got to act like a woman who got a crush on you, but they don't know how to say it. So they got to talk crazy. All right, Derek.
1: Every person that goes to an HBCU does not have that mentality. I am a proud graduate of an HBCU, Mississippi Nevada State University, but I'm a fan of Mississippi State University. So my my cousin played ball at Mississippi State. Outside of Jackson State, um, Mississippi State was the second college that I rooted for in sports. So, and I understand, you know, where you're coming from, Arthur. You know, you shouldn't be treated differently simply because you wanted to go to Mississippi State versus an HBCU, there's nothing wrong with your decision. And what our people need to realize is let people blaze their own trails and paths. You know, um, I could have went to Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Uh, I, I got into a lot of schools, you know, um, but I went where I felt like I was going to be able to plant myself and grow, which I feel like um, I did. Uh, had I chosen to go to another school, I was still going to be successful in life because that's, that's what my mother instilled in me, uh, the ability to work hard. So it doesn't really matter where you went to school. If you don't go and work hard, study and graduate and make something out of yourself, it doesn't matter if you go, went to HBCU. It doesn't matter if you went to Mississippi State. It doesn't matter if you went to Harvard. If you don't have the work ethic to make something out of yourself, then you're going to be a failure in life. So, um, and sometimes I I do see some HBCU graduates, you know, try to make like that black people who go to PWIs aren't quote unquote, really black. No, you can't say that. Who are you to question someone's blackness? Uh, And there are some, (laughs) I've seen where some black people may try to make like that they're better than some students at HBCUs because they went to a PWI. That doesn't make you better than anyone in either situation so we need to stop that i guess you can say is that separation between oh i'm going to an hbcu oh you going to a pwi i'm better than you you think you all that blah 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 man forget all that it's what you do in that classroom that really makes uh, the person you know what i'm saying you made a joke last week but i couldn't teach you no learning because I went to Valley, It's plenty of learn I can teach you, homie. Just because I went to Valley, that don't make you no smarter than me. Because there are some things I can run circles around you in, and there may be some things that you can run circles around me in. Uh, really? I would love
0: to know what they are. What Maybe. does BIOS mean? BIOS. Uh
1: huh. I know mm-hmm.
0: what it is. I know what. What does are- it mean? It got something to do with computers. I know that much. What does it mean? You got me on a computer side. All right, then. You, you didn't know the... what
1: PPE meant.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that
3: means. All right, <laughs> then.
1: So, to... so, That's a so... The type of pizza, man.
3: I, I love PPE on my
0: pizza. <laughs> he went to a school that built a smack brand new administrative building that they had to renovate, like, immediately thereafter. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean,
0: but the, here's the thing, though. That does not uh, put a damper on the education
1: that I received at Mississippi State University. You know what I'm saying? So
3: man, let me put man, this no
0: I, with him. And I and I yeah. swore
3: that I wasn't going to give this no more energy because it came up this week on social media and I I couldn't believe it. I was in disbelief that in this period of time right now that we're in, that PWI versus HBCU crap came up again. It's been on so social said, media all week. I'm like, how do we do this? How do we just sit here and divide one another with nonsense? That's it's just like the light skin, white. dark skin. It's like the house slave, field slave, like the northern black, southern black.
1: The salary wage like gap.
3: I was going to say it like this. Children, when they're 17 and 18 years old, go off to college, like we all did. When I was 17, I didn't even know a HBCU from a PWI. All I knew was I wanted to go to college. I wanted to try to get some education. I applied for some schools. I was going to go to Southern Miss. And then in the summer, that summer, I decided to go to Mississippi State, literally because it was right at home. I needed to go close to home. That's how I ended up at Mississippi State. And in, in, in the, the, all the years that I spent at State, I ne- we road tripped to Alcorn, Jackson mm-hmm. State. We all, we road trip to Russ College. We went over to Stillman College. I never in my life even thought about the black school versus white school. Exactly. I, I never thought about it. I never thought about it until like literally a few years ago when all of this arguing or whatever it is came up. And I'm like, okay, both of y'all sit down. I don't care where you went to school at. If a black child is trying to get himself educated and trying to advance himself in this world, how can you possibly have an issue with that? Teenagers right? right? don't know about the world like adults. They don't know, I gotta go to this school or that school, or I'm gonna be a sellout or whatever. That's so ridiculous. We've got to get past that. And we've, everybody, we've got to get past that and cut that nonsense out, man.
0: Because you agree.
3: can't say you're unified if you still divide yourself over petty nonsense like
1: that. You
0: know, you're
1: right, Gabe. Right, I mean, so that, that I, argument. I
0: gotta, uh, I, gotta, I yeah. gotta bring some sanity to this whole thing. Because <laughs> I told somebody who I am not going to name that after we got done talking about this, we was not go feel like talking about the other stuff. So we should have talked about it first but I don't know what I'm doing, all right? So, we gotta talk about that safety up north, um, who was supposed to be headed to Florida State University after he had this whole fiasco with Ole Miss or whatnot. So, uh, and I said that the, that the transition was gonna be trash after such <laughs> a <crazy laughs> topic, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, are we glad that the drama queen known as the safety up north uh, is leaving Mississippi State? And do we feel as though that the reason why he's not going to Ole Miss is because of the tampering charge? And I'm going to hand this off uh, to Jeremiah to begin with. I wonder why they you throw it out
2: to me first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also, let me state that um, I got a piece of um, – Snapper that has been marinating since yesterday. This call is going on forever. And I more. know <laughs> so I I with you, you on that. Like, down bro. To like one minute, okay? <laughs> no nah, man.
2: I think of course, you know, that's what someone everybody wants to address is with Judas Jones. And I'm actually friends with him on Facebook, so he may be uh, listening to this um once he has a chance to look at it. Uh but I kind of just want to be done done with it myself. I'm glad. Honestly, when he didn't go to Ole Miss, I, I, I think that's really what it was about. I think going to Florida State is just a consolation prize because he can't go to Ole Miss because they probably will be tampering charges. So apparently they said the intel is that Ole Miss shut it down because they probably looked into it and was like, it really wasn't worth it. What's the point of getting two athletes and then you go on probation the next three years for a tampering charge, which I'm pretty sure is, it has some pretty serious consequences. So, now he just has egg on his face. He can't come back to Mississippi State. He's going to be looking at him. How you look at a dude that woke the, uh, the enemy's colors against Ole Miss? How do, how do you even do that? So, but, yeah, man, I, I, I'm i glad that he's gone. And because, I mean, Kyle we got one more year of Kyle in drama. So, hopefully we'll be done with him again, too. Anyway.
0: Okay, wonderful. So, let's go ahead and kick this thing over to Mr. Derek Thomas. <clears throat> well... I'm glad that he did not
1: go to old Miss, so I guess I can start back calling by his birth name again, Jerry Jones, because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> do they get up the clock up on Jeremiah? Really, dude? But I'm just saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Jerry. He's a Seminole now. I, I do wish. No, I don't. I hope you have a good career at Florida State. I wish Mississippi State could play y'all one year so that we can throw deep on you, and show you, you should've stayed home, homie. Not doing receivers we get. We'll have some receivers by then. Where are we going
2: Historically, that ain't gonna happen.
0: <laughs> man, look, don't get me started. All right, Ken. Is it terrible? Yes, it you is. Oh, i good. All right, well, all right,
4: move on. all right, you all right, you all right, oh right. I was
3: going say move on then. You good, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I, I don't even. I don't. I don't need about twenty seconds. Something's going on with that young man. One of his teammates called him out on social media, called him a drama queen. They always know the inside scoop more than we do. Of
0: course. So he
3: decided. Anytime you leave Mississippi State and say you want to go to old Miss, something is wrong with that equation. I'm. I don't care what you say. <laughs> so I think that's just whoever that young man is. Something whatever's going on with him, he wasn't happy. Good riddance. We'll see you. You know, happy trails.
0: That's it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, this dude tired. I'm like, who on defense decides they want to leave Mississippi State and the <laughs> right. fucking elephant graveyard of NFL? That never happened. Like, and then mm-hmm. you're going to be starting
1: or getting a lot of playing time. Now you got to sit out.
0: Exactly. Well, he just going to say that the coach was racist and keep it moving. And then if right, the climate so, win, they're going to roll with it. All right, so, uh, will summer be enough time to implement the air, to implement the, uh, air raid off the... What does Quar- implement mean? Quarantine, whatever. Implement. What you mean you don't know what implement <laughs> means? Don't jump out you of airplane. You said implement. Me.
2: We need to get I'm this done. Yes, no this. answer.
0: Y'all got 30 seconds apiece. You got 10 seconds. Y'all, y'all got 30... Matter of fact, 20 seconds. All right, we starting off with Jeremiah. Come on. No,
2: it's a philosophy change. no.
0: Okay, great. Uh Derek. Man, just running the Techmo Super Bowl offense. Throw it up and let somebody get it. All right, bad boy baby Ken. <laughs> okay, Gabe.
3: He's asleep. No. We our offense
0: will probably just be drawn up in the dirt this year. Okay, so basically <laughs> it'll be old Miss offense when AJ Brown was there. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh that brings us to the end of the Black Dog Sports Podcast. We've been on here for like two hours. Um, we all probably like. I need to get married, so I have something better to do with my time than this. <laughs> um, like when I was with Nurse Bay, things were a lot better. These were shorter, but anyway, um, yeah. So let's go ahead and get our pardon shots off. I'm gonna start off with my guy Derek Thomas. Um, what's what's the last thing that you want to say before we get up at this thing?
1: I'm just gonna wish peace and blessings on everyone. Hopefully um, we can get some justice for George Floyd and get our society back to some type of normalcy. Um, Go out and vote in this presidential election. Um, It doesn't matter who you vote for. Just go vote.
0: Right. Bad boy. All right, Gabe, what's up?
3: I would love to see our society come together, but I'm just going to say black people stop taking excuses. Stop being scared. Stop being afraid to stand up for your rights. You own them. You deserve them. We've shed blood for them. Stop being scared. Stop taking excuses. Stop letting people tell you but. That's what I got to say. And, you know, let's just see how this turns out. I don't know.
0: All right, bad boy, baby. So, Jeremy, go ahead. Um, you your pardon shots, so you know. What do you want to say to America? What are your solutions to, for this thing? And to be committed, I mean, it's a
2: lot of things. Uh, people keep don't make it just a wave, and I ain't just talking about from the white people standpoint because I'm not like that person. Like I go to a, mo- a majority of white church, so don't get it twisted. Like I ain't trying to say white people this and white people that, but black people in ourselves, we got to be committed. You know, as I, I wrote on Facebook, you know, telling about a lot of my experiences. Like, we got to be committed. Our athletes say these things, but are they really willing to stick their neck out? Like, a lot of those guys spoke up for Kel, but they still cast them chicks. So, it's like, are we really going to be committed to this? We have to make it where it's more than just a way. We got to stay committed to the solution. Um, Something like Eric Thomas released a video on Monday where he talked about be committed to the solution, not just the problem. Like, Martin Luther King was committed. Like, it isn't about, like, just the fact that they did all those things. They were committed to it. People forget about the Montgomery bus boycott. They committed to that for a whole year, walking, helping each other, doing those things. Are we really willing to stay committed? The rioting is gonna eventually cease, whether one way or another, whether it's through military intervention or just people gonna stop. So are you gonna stay committed and do the right things? Or are you gonna do stuff like raise our kids? Are we gonna do things teaching our kids about right money? Are we gonna do those things and stay committed to it? Because if we don't do that, none of this stuff, this stuff is for nothing.
0: Okay, great. Um and that brings us to the end of the 30th episode of the second season of the Black Dog Sports Podcast. Jeremiah was trying his hardest to keep me away from my red snapper, but thankfully I finally <laughs> the point where I'm going to be able to cook it. I'm going to have me some of the peppers to go along with it, and it's going to be the bomb. I'm going to have me some spinach. It's going to be great. Bad boy, baby. So, um, in the words of, uh, well, I would say in the words of Vic Schaefer, praise Lord and go dogs, but he don't want us no more. He's over on the 40 acres and a mule. So uh, instead, I'm just going to say, "Hey, okay, bye.